there's a front page picture from Elizabeth Floyd Mayer that just makes me happy to look at it. She captured such joy from this woman who was settled with her family in Gilderland. Her name is Arzu Demerkan, and she came from Turkey. She won what's called the Green Card Lottery, and she's now set up a leggings business with her friend, also from Turkey, in Crossgates Mall. And just hearing her story is is a lovely, lovely thing. We also have on our front page a story by Sean Mulcairn, the sign saga he's been covering now for the last seven weeks or so finally came to a conclusion. The town board has um, pulled the plug, as he writes, on flashing signs in town. Uh, I have a story on Vasilios Lefkadidis, who was running for re-election as the Knox supervisor. We got a letter to the editor this week linking to a website it's um, called FINRA, the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, Inc., a private group that um, for investors rates or evaluates stock brokers, listing the exams they've passed as well as any problems that they've had. And um, Mr. Lefkadidis answered those customer complaints, and you can read about it here. Um, our editorial is based on that front page story about the signs in New Scotland. <laughs> this wonderful graphic by Carol Coogan comes from the United States Supreme Court decision, Euclid, Ohio. A village outside of Cleveland was feeling the industrialization was going to overcome it and put together zoning. This was in 1926, and that still sets a precedent. The Supreme Court decided, and I quote, that a community may enact reasonable laws to keep the pig out of the parlor, even if pigs may not be permitted from the entire community. And this editorial is explaining how the town board is being responsible for the whole town, not just um, a particular individual who wanted a flashing sign. Lots and lots of election letters this week, many with editor's notes, which we urge readers to pay attention to. Brian Fort, who's running on the Rep Republican line against incumbent Democrat Peter Barber for supervisor of New Scotland, is saying he's heard all over town as he campaigns that um, Mr. Barber is absent. We, uh, reporter Elizabeth Floyd Mayer, checked with both the police chief and the comptroller who work in the town hall and say he's there every weekday, basically from 7.30 until, I think, 5. And we talked with his law firm that he had been a partner, founding partner in, and he left there. His name is no longer part of the firm. He left in March and has devoted himself, he says, full-time to Gilderland since then. Two letters from Knox, a very... Heated on different sides of an issue, we have Anna Wolf supporting Mr. Lefkadidis and saying that he there was an attempted ambush for him at the meeting, but he kept his temper and has grown as a political leader. One from Eric Cook, who is the one that brought up um, what he calls the indiscretions in the stockbroker career of Mr. Lefkadidis. 
World War One is going to be discussed and the role of New York State in it in a um, meeting um, by the Historical Society in New Scotland. We see both nurses and doughboys serving. This, the rest of the page is devoted, and this page too, to political letters from New Scotland. Many of the letter writers were confused, and we had to straighten out facts. They had focused on Edie Abrams, who is a member of the zoning board. She's an appointed member of that board that serves as a safety valve. She's not a member elected to the town board that made the decision on the rolling signs. In fact, the zoning board on September 26 had granted the two variances that had been requested for the restaurant sign with placement and size. Turning the page, we have Mike Nordachi, who's usually our Backroads Geology columnist, and this time he wrote on Backroads Spookology. When he was a teacher at Vincentian Institute, he had his students, through tips he got from the late Frida Saddlemeyer, an historian in the Hilltowns, about possible hauntings and ghost stories. And he writes about some of those, focusing primarily on this house in New Salem. And the couple that lives there was nice enough to let me take a picture of their house and you can read some of the spooky stories. More letters. We have two from the Republican side in Westerlow. Mr. Filkins running for the board and promising to be the people's voice. Lisa DeGroff, the chairwoman of the GOP, Party um, talking about how her candidates will be more inclusive and accountable. Good news from Gilderland. The kids at Westmere, similar to those we pictured last week at Altamont, learned science and math as they bake bread and also learned generosity. One loaf for them and their families to eat. A second loaf to go to the local Gilderland food pantry. Congratulations to the National Merit Semifinalists at Gilderland High School pictured here, and also many who received letters of commendation, which they're displaying in this picture. Caregiver's Corners has tips on how to prevent falls. The Old Men of the Mountain are advising, John Williams is telling us, to find a hobby you can do sitting down, because one day you're going to be old, and you need something easy on the body and active for the mind. Lots of activities going on in our midst. Big Truck Day is a fundraiser for the class of 2020 at the high school. The um, Presbyterian Church in New Scotland is having an inaugural, inaugural first-time trunk or treat where kids will go to car trunks that are decorated for their treats. Um, there's a environmental fair that Jeanette Rice is writing us about. And one last political letter, an endorsement from the longtime Byrne clerk for the woman who was her deputy. And that is, of course, Anita Clayton running for re-election. Lots of in-depth news from Knox, written by H. Rose Schneider. At this meeting, um, a request from... Mr. Earl Barkham, whose picture over there, was about the Pumpkin Town Fair. Nope, not Pumpkin Town. That's in New Salem. This is the Pucker Street Fair that was revived the last two years, um, largely with a push from Mr. Lefkaditis. And this picture, which 
Amy Picorni sent in, she's running against him for the supervisor's post, shows that the fair was largely empty. But Mr. Barkham was requesting information, which he had a foil for, and things became very heated, both in the gallery and on the dais, and ended up with the supervisor's wife grabbing a phone from the Democratic chairwoman who had turned her camera on the supervisor's wife. Moving along, there's more news from Knox. Um, still from the same meeting, um, Mrs. Lefkaditas had proposed 7% raises for the transfer station workers, something that Mrs. Bacorny had proposed. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Mrs. Bacorny, Amy Bacorny, the councilman, woman, had proposed 7% raises having talked to the transfer station workers, which Mr. Lefkaditas, who had drafted the budget, warned could cause a wage war, and he also asked her, do you understand what's happening in the budget? I wrote about the two candidates running to represent um, the 38th district, which is almost all of New Scotland, except that corner where Voorheesville is up in the northeast, and it does include a chunk of Bethlehem in the Fuhrerbush area. Neither of these people have been elected before to the county legislature. Victoria Plotsky, a lawyer from Clarksville, is coming fresh off a victory in the primary where she had a landslide win over Daryl Duncan, who had been appointed to that post when Michael Mackey left. And challenging her is Tim Stanton, a farmer who thinks there's too many lawyers and public servants and he would be the only farmer, he says, in the legislature, and that's a needed voice, he says, since Many people talk about land preservation, but farmers actually do it. And I interviewed them on the different issues, and we'll be following up, of course, on Election Day. More on the New Scotland sign saga. This is a picture of Joseph Salvino, who is making his case before the board during the public hearing about his restaurant, Track 32, an Italian pub in Furibush, where he wanted to have an electronic sign that scrolled. And here is the candidate. Craig Schufelt for the Republican Town Board, who gave a kind of campaign speech in support of Mr. Salvino, and kind of caught in the crossfire there is Evie Abrams with her sign posted in front of her house, and she's posted sign for years on different issues, urging the public to get involved. The conservative line is set for the fall election. A motorcycle crash on New Salem Road left the driver in serious condition. And more from the New Scotland Town Board meeting was a warning from Frank Camisso Jr. about the sales tax, which so many municipalities in Albany County depend upon, facing decline. That's due both to internet shopping, which the enterprise has written quite a bit about. Also, Mr. Camisso says, due to nearby cities developing retail centers. We have a lovely story on a statewide award for a government <coughs> software company, GCOM. The G is for government, the COM is for commercial, making um, it easier, the owner says, for citizens to access their government. The State Libraries has announced two new acquisitions, Harry Rosenfeld's papers as well as books about Dutch heritage and genealogy. 
Lots going on at the libraries, as always, in Bern. The Daisy Girl Scouts have decorated pumpkins, which will be on display there, and they're posing proudly with their works of art. In Bethlehem, Kristen Roberts has told us that kids come to the library not just to check out books, which they still do, but really to play. So they've made a play space there, and here it is being well used. On our blotters page, we have arrests, as always, in Gilderland. Um, the federal immigration officials have taken in two Latin American men who were said to be in this country illegally. A driver in a burn crash, Aaron Boomhauer, has pleaded guilty to aggravated vehicular assault. Our calendar has many fall events and a lovely drawing by Van Gogh that's not very well known, and it's in the Hyde, which is in driving distance, uh, for people that want to see it and participate in a whole weekend of Van Gogh-centered activities. This week we have an obituary for June Brown McNiven, who served as a nurse during World War II. And the Altamont Reformed Church is installing their new pastor. The public is invited to that ceremony. The Gilderland Seniors had their annual fashion show with um, clothes from Liz's closet. And I love this picture Michael took where the other models are looking out, waiting their turn for the runway. And here you can see them all modeling their clothes from the store along with the owner of Liz's Closet, Kathy McGrath. New Scotland, as always, in its monthly roundup, has many, many, many yellow bus trips for people to enjoy, and any senior is invited to come. It's getting to be sectional season, and Michael is on the job. Um, the Gilderland girls' soccer team lost close match 1-0 in the first round of the Class AA sectionals. Um, but we have some <laughs> wonderful evidence of their hard-fought battle. Meanwhile, the field hockey team from Gilderland had a victory, and you can see two of the goals being scored right there. Michael caught them as they happened, and the wonderful sense of celebration afterwards. Our back page this week has a story by Elizabeth Floyd Mayer, who went to a symposium on cybersecurity and also talked to, to legislators who have proposed a bill for New York State that after the Equifax breach is to uh, improve online privacy and security. And with that, we close out our week.